Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Hi, this is Keith Williams with the Skill Stadium podcast. Skillers, I've got a great episode for you today. On today's episode, you're going to learn about a company that is helping people with no experience get into plumbing. You're going to hear get valuable tips on what employers value and how to stand out in a competitive, crowded job market. This is going to be real-world advice from someone who hires people and who is actually in the trenches. My guest today is a general manager of ProTech Plumbing Drains, Inc., based in Naples, Florida. He grew up in Wapaka, Wisconsin, graduated from North Central University with a BA, and completed his master's at Columbia Southern University. He started his career as a youth pastor in Hudson. He made a career change and became a general contracting manager, uh, general contracting company for professional home and section services. During his free time, he is involved with his children's sporting events. He has a 12-year-old daughter who plays softball and a 20-year-old son who plays football for the University of Maryland. He takes on small projects around the home that he loves doing and loves going to movies pre-COVID. Please welcome Brad Finger to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Hey, Brad. So... With your kids' activities now, well, obviously with your son, he's away at college. Um, for your daughter, are you guys still doing softball right now? We are. Like we're right in the middle of our season. Yeah, we're right in the middle of the season. Uh, I've got a game tonight to go to, so it's three nights a week, practice, game, practice, game, but uh, it's fun. It's great to be involved. Yeah, it goes by quickly, I'm sure, as, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, your son being off in college now. You probably can remember some of those days when you were uh, involved in the youth football. So, yeah, uh, no, it's, yeah. it's fun being involved with the kids in their activities. Yes, yes. Well, Brad, one of the things that caught my attention was I saw an article on your company and how you guys were starting an apprentice program because we all know there's a shortage of people in the skill trades. And, you know, that really got my attention to reach out to you. Brad, can you tell us about this apprenticeship program? Yeah. So it was, it was basically birthed out of, of how difficult it is to find quality uh, tradesmen, specifically in the plumbing industry. And so we, we said, well, what if we put together some sort of a program, an apprentice type program where we can actually bring young people in, train them the way that we want, train them how they know they should be trained um, and build our army of, of plumbers in that respect. And when it was first brought up, um, you know, nobody really laughed. Everybody thought it was a really good idea. We weren't sure how to do it. So then the, the journey began to try to, to put this thing together to figure out how, uh, how we can make this uh, into a reputable uh, apprenticeship program. Excellent. Excellent. Now, are you guys building partnerships with, say, maybe the local high schools? Um, how, how do you go out and find this uh, this group of talent? So we partnered with a local marketing company, and that marketing company has helped get our brand, our apprenticeship brand out to the general public in just a variety of different ways. 
some normal traditional advertising, a lot of social media uh, to try to get our brand out there. And so we've been getting a little more traction day after day after day with the help of the marketing company. Do you guys have any platforms that you feel that have been more effective for you in terms of where you're targeting? It, frankly, it's it's funny because the, really, you know what the best best form of advertising has been is simply letting our current plumbers know and they talk to family, friends, um, relatives, uh, you know, aunts, uncles, that sort of thing. It's just a real grassroots, granular kind of a spread. Um, well, marketing has helped. Uh, and it's necessary, really simply working with our already existing group of, you know, 25 plumbers and getting the word out has been one of the best forms of advertisement. I, I agree. I agree. And, and remember, people also trust people who they know. Yeah. So it, it does make for less of a mystery when you're bringing somebody in that one of your plumbers can vouch for it. So uh, I'm you sure got that. it. that's correct. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, can you please share what students you know, when they're considering going into this profession, you know, what should they consider, you know, tell us why students should consider going into the profession of being a plumber. Sure. Well, trades in general, but plumbing specifically is such a necessary trade. We rely on it on a daily basis and we don't even realize it from, you know, the restroom, washing your hands, drinking fountains. We just take for granted that when we go to the sink and we turn on the, the water, the, the and we've got cold water, hot water, uh, we wash our clothes, we wash our dishes, we just take it for granted because it's just always there. It is a, it's the the baseline of, of our of our building industry. Um, and so when we talk about something that is recession proof, and again, I'm not saying that it's necessarily recession proof, but it's about as close as you can come. Everybody needs plumbing. Everybody needs running water. Everybody needs to be able to wash their clothes and wash their dishes and take showers and et cetera, just as what we rely on here in the United States. And so um, we get calls when when the economy is up and when the economy is down, it just doesn't um, it doesn't fall off a cliff when when things aren't going well in other industries. So I guess that's why I would really encourage young folks to look at the trades, specifically plumbing, because uh, there will always be work and and good work at that. Yeah, I also might add that we just have to look at what happened in Texas over this past winter. You know, and and you saw how there was a need for plumbers and. What a disaster that was when they didn't have enough people to go and uh, and fix those challenges. Like, you know, uh, yeah, you saw that, people exactly, water. Yeah, no, you're right. It, when you have disasters and things that happen like that, it's how it, you realize very quickly how much you depend on something as simple as as turning on the tap and having water. Yeah. I also, might add to that, you know, college. The cost of going to college and the debt is is high and I'm not taking away against college. I think college is great, but for some who's undecided who might not be certain about what they want to do, college is an expensive proposition to explore what you want to do. Uh, I believe that with plumbing, you're going to get that, that training and education at a minimal cost, uh, not nearly on the same level as college and the return on the investment is pretty good. The money is, you know, you, you make a good living wage. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have, um, it's interesting being, having a son that is in college currently and some of the challenges and the expenses that do come with college for the average student out there. 
an apprenticeship program is an incredibly viable option for them. Not only do they get to learn the trade, but in our case, uh, we actually, it, it becomes um, a free education because while we do deduct the the, uh, the money out of their, their paycheck because they're working uh, for us simultaneously, we end up gifting it back to them once they've completed the program. So it really costs them nothing out of pocket when it's all said and done. It's a it's an investment uh, on our part to train them up and then and then at that point, frankly, when they're done with our program, they can they can go to any state in the United States and be a journeyman level plumber and get work. Can you just repeat that? Because one of the things I think people might not be aware of is that when you get a license in Florida, it's still applicable right across the country is what you're saying. It's different in every state. The state of Florida is very lax about it. We do not have in the state of Florida the different levels of plumbing like you would see in, let's say, it's the state like, I don't know, Massachusetts or Connecticut or Michigan. It's different. Here, you only can acquire a master's plumber's license, which then allows you to own a business. There is no journeyman. There is nothing like that whatsoever. What we've decided is that uh, to in order to attract some good quality kids that want to go into this, that we needed to make it so that if they wanted to make a life change and move to another state, that the education they got with us would be able to go with them and be applicable in whatever state, wherever they go. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, and we know that, especially when you're young, people are mobile. You know, you move from Wisconsin. So, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. obviously people move from state to states. So that's not uncommon, you know. So uh, now tell me something. Please share what makes your company, ProTech, a great place to work. Um, I think it's ownership. Ownership typically is the make or break thing. And we have great DNA. Our owners are young. Uh, Rick Hume started the company about 13 years ago, out of the back of his pickup truck, came down with his pickup truck, stayed with his brother, slept on his couch, started creating some flyers, putting them on on people's windshields and parking lots, and literally started the company in that manner. And to see in 13 years where they've come is incredible. So I think that's the the DNA in, in our company just shows that you've got an owner that is is willing and ready to do anything that anybody else is willing to do. Nothing is above them. Uh, they don't act like it whatsoever, but yet there's a respect side to it. So I think that is helpful. We have carved out a niche in Naples where we get to do a lot of high-end work. And so it's always fun to be able to work on some of the homes that we get to work on, some of the higher-end homes. So I think that adds to you know why ProTech is a great place to work. And, and frankly, we take care of our people. We take care of them extremely well. Uh, we love our employees. We love everybody who's been here. We work hard to keep them here and give them whatever it is they need to succeed, the tools, the skills, the time, the training, etc. So I think all of that is the recipe on why ProTech is a great place to be. Excellent. And you know, I think the fact that you guys have this apprentice program shows that you're willing to invest in development and training. That That says a lot right there. You know, so uh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Thank you. Yes, definitely. So what can prospective employees do to make a strong impression to increase their chances of being brought in for an interview and hired? So like, think about it. If I'm listening to this podcast and maybe I'm a young plumber or what, what are some things I can do? Because obviously, you know, you want to pick the best people that fit into the culture of your organization. What's some advice you'd give to them? I, it's, 
What's difficult is that it's not a skill issue because we'll teach you the skills. Uh, so we're not looking for people to come into the program that are highly skilled. Um, what we are looking for is somebody who is well-spoken, conscientious, uh, somebody who's honorable, somebody who understands that we're in the service industry. We happen to do plumbing, but we're in the people industry. We just happen to, you know, fix toilets and replace faucets and all those sort of things. But really, it's about it's about people. And the sooner that they understand that, and the sooner they understand that this is service that we're, we're providing, the better chance they are to be able to enter the program and succeed and do well. Yeah. And I might add to that, that this is your brand. These people are going to be, these new employees that you're bringing on are going to be going into your customers' homes. And so you want to make sure that they're representing you guys properly. So yes, uh, I, I understand that. I, I, I've definitely heard that from other organizations. So makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you measure, and this is something I've always been curious about, how do you measure success as a plumber? Is it volume? Is it customer feedback? How do you define success in your organization for a plumber? Well, I think any service industry probably defines it by, you know, referral. I mean, one of the greatest compliments that we get is when somebody picks up the telephone, gives us a phone call and says, I need your service because so-and-so told me about it. So obviously we did a good job. They liked us enough because in this day and age, referrals are hard to come by. People in general don't like to give out advice and give referrals for fear of it going south on them. And so when we get that kind of a phone call, I think that just shows and we that we're doing something right. And we do a lot. We get a lot, especially this year. We have gotten a, a lot of new clients and customers. And invariably, when we ask them how they hear about us, it's from a neighbor, a friend, somebody who's been serviced by us for years. And that just speaks volumes. Yeah. Are you able to, to actually pinpoint which plumber actually had that impact? Yes. To generate that referral? Yes, we do ask. Every time we go out and do a service call, let's say, uh, we send them um, an opportunity to give us feedback. And obviously, good and bad, you take both and you learn from both. But then we're able to identify those those plumbers who have done an exceptional job. And then we also have uh, a kind of an employee of the week. Uh, so those things kind of add up. And then when we, we can honor some of those folks when they do a good job and Sometimes we can give them a little extra money. Sometimes we can give some extra time off, but we want to make sure that we recognize it when they do a job and a job well done. Wow, that's excellent. And that, that, you know, that speaks to your company culture too, because, you know, it, it's, I think people want to be recognized when they do a good job. It's not always the money, but it's just showing a little bit of appreciation, I think can go a long way, you know, yes. with them. Um, you got that. it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, can you talk about your culture a little bit more like, you know, what people are a good fit for your culture? Let's go a little bit more into that because, again, if if people are listening to this podcast and they could be prospective employees, you know what what would make them fit into your company culture, your values? Sure. So we have we have five core values, and those are posted on our website, and you can see those. Uh, and they're pretty uh, they're pretty vanilla. You'd see them a lot in a lot of different places. There's nothing special about them, but the difference is is that we try hard to execute on those values. You know, and you know, being a person who is loyal, who's going to be consistent, who's going to show up. I mean, we have a very diverse group of of men and women who work here from all across the country that have found their way to Southwest Florida. 
And so the, the commonality or the common thread that runs through everyone is that they they live and, and bleed our colors and who we are and what we are. They've bought into it. And so that's the type of person we're looking for, the person who is going to be loyal, who's going to be consistent, who's going to show up and roll up their sleeves and ready to work because we'll teach you. We'll teach you the skills necessary. We'll give you the tools necessary. We'll provide the work necessary. You just need to show up, be loyal, be honest, and we can work with you. Yeah. Also, is there an expectation for employees that they have to sell products or services or is that not part of their role in terms of their duties? It is. No, there's no. There's absolutely no question that that we we do sell product, but we I guess we try not to look at it like that. We um, look at it in a little different manner, and that is we provide options for people. We'll go into a home and we'll go into it to fix a a, a leaking or running toilet, and then we notice that you know there's half a dozen items in the home that maybe aren't up to code for the local codes, whatever it is in, in Naples. We'll give you options, choices, and we allow you no pressure. There's not, a, it's not a pressure sale. It's an option thing. And if you want to do one, five or none, that's fine. But we feel like we owe it to them to point these things out, give them the options to let them know what the costs and what the potential ramifications are if they don't address them. And then let the uh, the client, the customer make a, an educated decision on what they want to do or don't want to. Yeah, I agree with you so much on that, because if you don't fix a problem now, it becomes a big, it doesn't go away. Right. <laughs> it just be, It's like your car and you're not servicing the car and then you wonder why the whole engine blows up. Well, you know, you, you weren't maintaining it. Yeah. You were being warned. So I would imagine it's the same thing as you're saying. You're educating the uh, the customer. And I just asked that, the reason I asked that is that I know that, some people are concerned about selling. Some people don't always have that skill set. But I think when you're just educating the customer, that's not really so much a sale. That's just, hey, here's what here's what's going on. You have the option. We just wanted to inform you. I also think that's a good way of looking out for the customer. So they're not surprised down the road. It is. And, and we're, we're unique. We're, we're a unique company in that we do, um, we have three divisions. We have a service division, we have new construction division and renovation, and then also special project. And so oh, if wow. we do have a candidate who comes in who just is not that type of a person, that the person that's going to sell, we mm -hmm. have positions in, uh, for a person like that who wants to just come in, work hard, do a good job, go home at the end of the day. So that's new sure. construction or renovation. Um, yeah. but not everybody. We don't want to fit a square peg in a round hole. Not everybody no, do service work. And we're, we're, we're okay with that. And I bet you have low turnover as a result because you get the right people in the right jobs. Um, and, you know, for a while, and it's, uh, it's interesting that you say that when I first came on, we had very high turnover because we were trying to get the corporate culture down the way that we want to align with our five core values. And so we had to do some weeding out as we hired new people and, and some other people moved on. But now we've plateaued and settled in. And you're correct. We have low turnover now. But at first, it was difficult to find the right people. Sure. Sure. Well, you, you know, you live and you learn. Right? Yeah. So, you know, so with my company, Skill Stadium, one of the things we do is we allow job seekers to use a video to create a 30-second elevator pitch. And they can do up to three 60-second videos, you know, kind of demonstrating their skills and knowledge. And I'm just curious, because I know it's important for you to find the right people to interview. What's your take on the value of video in evaluating somebody before bringing them in? 
Oh, it's a fantastic way to be able to um, begin the, the um, you know, the conversation or interview process to get to look at them, see their mannerisms, see if they have done something as simple as, you know, are they wearing a hat during the interview? Um, sure. It's you know, all the little things that you're interviewed, they're interviewing you as much as we're interviewing them and their mannerisms and how they answer questions and how they look you in the eye. Honesty is obviously the best policy. We ask every person, hey, we're going to do a background check. What are we going to find? And yes. just tell me now and we can deal with it. And where we have problems is if you don't tell us and then we find it later and you get to look somebody in the eye and talk to them. So I think video and, and appearance have a lot to play in this, in the in the role of finding the right people. No, I agree. I agree. And, and one of the reasons why I, I'm setting up that platform for doing that is I think that people are more than just words on paper. And I just think it's easier to narrow down that right candidate by listening to them speak, you know? And so, you know, I, I just think that people can write anything on, on, a, on a resume. And I, I've done enough interviews to know that what appears on paper isn't always what comes into the door when you do the interview. You got That's it. just been my experience. That's right. You're right. hundred percent. So I'm an, so, you know, you didn't, you and I, we probably grew up, you know, you didn't grow up with social media. We're kind of in the same boat there. How do you feel it's affected the work you do and how you connect with people? Uh, social media is a strange, it's a strange dynamic. I, I mean, like anything, I think the intent of it is good. And I think um, if used right, it can be great. And But like anything, it can be used poorly as well. With social media, I think we've seen an uptick in, in people job bumping and jumping from one place to another because it's so prevalent and so available for information. And so longevity isn't there. But frankly, that's probably a society issue, not necessarily a social media issue. I, I can tell you this much that I like the idea of social media and the fact that I can go online if I have a candidate, go to Facebook or whatever. You can get a pretty good idea of the type of person they are, the things they post, the things they say, et cetera. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's not like it was 30 years ago where you have no idea what that person is really like. Yeah. I was making a joke with my wife the other day. I was saying how, um, uh, thank God, like, I mean, I, I was a young man in nine, in the early 90s. I was in college. And I said, thank God they didn't have social media back then. Yeah, yeah, I was and and videos. And so, you know, these kids have to be on their P's and Q's. I mean, my kids are young. I have a 13 and a 10-year-old. So, you know, I, I tell them, you know, you do have to be careful what you do now. People are watching, you know, and so. That's correct. Nothing. Away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would imagine it's the same thing. Your son is in college. He's 20. So he's right in that era of social media. So, he, you know, I'm sure. And he's a college athlete. So, you know, he's got to he's got to be on his P's and Q's. I'm sure he knows that. Yeah, he he does. And he's it's preached to he and, and my daughter as well. They've, and they've grown up with it where where you yes. and I haven't. We've yeah. we kind of um, watched its birth. But yes. I, listen, I if it's used right, uh, I have zero problem with it. I think it can be a great asset and a tool in general. It's just that people sometimes take liberties and it can be a it can be a challenge. Yeah, I, I use it a lot for information, you know, and to connect with people. You know, we're having this podcast as a result of social media. Of course. So I do. I do see the value of it in, in that sense. You know, it's just gathering information for me. Uh, so, you know, we, we have a skills gap. We all we're all aware of that there are a lot of people retiring 
how do we close that gap? How do we get more young people, not just plumbing, I'm skilled trades in general. How are we going to get more people into the trades? Well, I th- and I think we touched on it before and you touched on it a little bit. You know, college is college is a great experience. I went to college. My son's in college. I, you know, I think my daughter will probably go to college, but college is not for everyone. And we as a society have to be OK with that because our schools are jam packed right now with kids that and they're cranking out um, these graduates with these degrees that are frankly in a lot of cases, they're worthless. They've paid forty, fifty, sixty thousand plus dollars to get this degree, and then they're going out and they're getting twenty-five thousand dollar a year, thirty thousand dollar a year jobs, and and you just shake your head, and you know you're like, well, what was the point? What was the purpose? What the trades offer you is again a little bit of a recession-proof industry. Number one, number two, you can start earning at a at a much higher clip off the bat versus having to work your way up. And the other thing is, is there are people out there who just like to work with their hands. They like to be involved. They don't want to be a desk jockey. And and for those type of people, we need those folks in the trades industry. And as far as I know, we're going to keep building. And and when we run out of space, we'll probably start knocking down buildings and we'll put new buildings up. That's true. Um, That's true. It, there's just a lot of reasons I think kids should consider the trades because um, it is a it's a great industry to be in. It's a noble industry. It's a needed industry. Yeah, I also think we need to get the parents to buy into it more because you know some of these kids are obviously there's parents have a big influence on their kids, and I think if the parents realize that hey this this pays well and recognize that sometimes parents have to recognize what their kid's talent is or their skill set, you know. And their parents who might be pushing their kids in the wrong direction because that's what they think is the right move to make to go to college when that kid might be better suited for a skill trade. So yeah, I don't think that- yeah. And I, I think society needs to understand that if a, if a child decides to go into the trades, they're not settling. Yeah. Um, they're not settling at all. It's just that's yeah. where their heart, their passion, their skill set, their personality is leading them. It's not settling in any way, shape or form. And we can get over that stigma, it will be better for all of us. Definitely. Final question. Can you share a lesson that you've learned in your career? That one lesson that you think can help young people who are listening? Yeah. So again, great question. My dad is 86 years old. And about two years ago, I went to him and I called him on the phone. I said, I need to apologize to you. And he kind of laughed. He said, for what? I said, you know, all the years and the advice that you had given me and I kind of blew off and thought I knew better and et cetera. He says, I I should have taken more of your advice because as a person who's lived through ups and downs in the economy, who has been married twice and buried two wives and raised six kids and has 27 grand, he's got a lot of information and wealth of knowledge that I should have been tapping into. So I would encourage young people to um, while they're 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 so much more um, versed in so many different things today, to not discount the fact that some of the older folks have some very good wise information for them, and that they would probably be better served to to listen and take heed a little bit. And um, I know it sounds old fashioned, but there's something about experience. Talk to somebody who's got experience, and you will get a lot of information and a lot of good direction. Definitely. Brad, thank you so much for being on the show. And and I think you're right. A lot of people who have experience are also willing to give that, to share that knowledge and wisdom. So never hurts to to listen and learn. Brad, thank you so much for being on the Skills Stadium. My pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.